This is the Nate Shellman Show podcast from News Talk, KBOI Boise. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI. Hmm. It felt a little nippy this morning. I didn't know what the temperature was, uh, but yeah, it, it's 46 degrees in downtown mm-hmm. Boise. Uh, we've been right at 60 or above for the last couple of weeks. so It's uh, 12 degrees lower than it was at this time yesterday. Yeah, a little bit of a uh, shock to the system. It's nice out this morning. That's good. And uh, as you heard in the weather, our temperature is only going to be in the 70s. So I'm, I'm good with that. I can handle a few minutes of walking from my car to the <laughs> building and uh, putting up with the nippy temperatures. Uh, phone lines open 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through this morning as we uh, get underway. Dow futures down 54 points uh, as of right now. Once again, these are the futures, and that's being down yesterday, uh, ending the day down just a little over 200 points. However, this is that whole thing where we talk about Fed chairman. You don't want to listen to what they do. You want to listen to what he says afterwards. As expected yesterday, Fed chairman says that they're going to put a pause on interest rates and not increase them for the first time in uh, 11 chances of doing that. Yay. So that's the good news. Um, So you thought, okay, that's good news. Stock market should react positively. However, afterwards, he gives his thoughts on where he thinks inflation is where he thinks inflation is going, and what he thinks that the Fed will need to do with interest rates going forward for the rest of the year. As soon as he started talking, within a couple of minutes, the Dow dropped uh, at its peak 400 points. So the people who buy stocks didn't necessarily like the fact that he said that even though he was pausing interest rate increases as of right now, expect more Interest mm-hmm. rate hikes through the rest of the year. I think he, a lot of people... Would, he might as well have just hiked it yesterday. <laughs> I know. It, it makes That's, no difference uh, if he's going to talk like that. I, I, and I, I said the same thing, and granted, I know you don't want to go nuts over it, but when we first started out and we saw inflation and said, hey, look, inflation is here. Inflation could be really bad over the next few years. And instead of just like, okay, let's raise it one point right, right now. Get it out of the way. It, they did like quarter point increases for the next six, eight months. Mm-hmm. And then they jumped it to half point increases for the next six to eight months. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do it, do it, to, to start out with, do it at one point and see if that helps immediately. And then, you know, six months down the road, then maybe go. Yeah. But now they've just, like I said, hike it, hike it a point and then give us a year to recover. How's that? After 10 consecutive in, increases, uh, now this is the first pause that we have seen in the rate, although it sounds like it's not going to pause for very long. Is, is it the pause that refreshes? No, it is not. <laughs> um, and this is on top. There was some really good news yesterday uh, having to do with the um, PPI. And I know people keep an eye on the uh, consumer price index, uh, but the producer price index uh, really gives you a, an in-depth look at where inflation may be going. And those numbers came in really good yesterday. So, uh, the uh, producer price index at its peak was over 12% inflation rate. and So even if we don't have any money to buy stuff, we know there's going to be stuff. Yeah. 
Okay, great. Now, the producer price index yesterday um, was reported in between 1% and 2%. So it's fallen from its all-time high of 12%, which is even better than the consumer price index. And, and I know it's a little confusing, but basically, in layman's terms, this is what the retailers and manufacturers pay for products to get to you at the consumer level. Mm-hmm. So this is what it is costing them to produce the products, which basically gives you a look down the road of where inflation is going, and it had a massive fall. So that that also was some good news yesterday, and we'll get some more news coming up this morning as it pertains to inflation, because we we have talked about how the Fed is the one thing that has not come down. Mm-hmm. is people and jobs. Job growth has just been really stubborn. And I know that sounds like bad news. And it's like, and we get emails all the time saying, why are you guys hoping for unemployment to go up? Well, because it shows that the economy is expanding, and while the economy is expanding, they're not going to pause interest rate hikes. That's the one thing that has been stubborn. So we get the unemployment rate numbers that will come out a little bit later this morning. I'm guessing sometime within the next 45 minutes, and uh, we'll get to hear about that. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates on on the way in about 45 minutes. Earlier, you said this was all a little confusing. You know, I would never call this a little confusing. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, Also today... Um, we, we are going to be giving away, uh, tickets this morning. Um, now I, I said we were going to have Jackson country stomp tickets to give away. That's not going to be the case. We're going to hold on to those for tomorrow when we do the Jackson country stomp blowout, which will be happening in CUNA at our hometown breakfast. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, you may not get as excited as Chris and I do, but tomorrow is our hometown breakfast finale. And we're going to have a JCSB over there? Fantastic. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, tomorrow morning. Uh, we may have so many tickets that everybody who shows up gets a pair of tickets. All right. Does that encourage you to come out tomorrow morning? <laughs> if the food doesn't, concert tickets should encourage you come to come the, out. Come for the tickets, stay for the chicken fried steak. There you go. Um, so instead, uh, what we're going to do today, we still have concert tickets we're going to give away. Today, we have not one, but two pair of Dirks Bentley concert tickets that we will be giving away today. So if you want to win those tickets, stick around, lock in your speed dial, 208-336-3700. Dirks Bentley will be here coming up in August at the Ford Idaho Center Outdoor Amphitheater. So you can have tickets to Dirks Bentley coming up here this morning. Two chances to win. We've got baseball game tonight. Nate Shellman, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be throwing out the first pitch oh do yourself a favor if there's never a game you've ever got there early for make it this one and then be ready to call tomorrow morning to tell us how well nate does get there as early as possible because you'll you'll find out it's fun to critique his performance Uh, also if you want to get there early as possible too another reason is it is thirsty thursday and they start they don't wait for the first pitch to start selling coors products and pepsi products at two dollars each that's what Thirsty Thursday is all about. Because they realize when they open the gates, hey, the sun's out, too. Yeah, you're thirsty. What, man, and could you ask for a better night for baseball tonight? No. We're not expecting to uh, see thunderstorms like we've seen in the past. Temperatures today only going to be in the mid to upper 70s. What a perfect day for baseball. So you'll have a chance to do that once again tonight. Stick around. Number to lock in, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Time for our first check on what's going on with sports this morning.
with Rick Worthington. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. That's the place to be tomorrow. Don't forget, Pork Belly will also have our KBOI sweet deal locked in tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. You want a $50 gift certificate for only $25? Make sure you go to KBOI.com right before 9 o'clock and click on that sweet deal link to take advantage of that great sweet deal. Good morning. The Seattle Mariners begin the day at 500. Well, I should say they began yesterday at 500. There was some movement after last night's game against the Marlins. Now the 1-1 pitch to Solaire. Swung on, powered with authority. Deep center field. Rodriguez going back. She is gone! Jorge Solaire gives the Marlins a 2-0 lead here in the top of the sixth inning. Marlins would go on to beat the Mariners by a score of 4-1. to one. A lot more baseball yesterday, including the Subway Series. The Mets taking on the Yankees. It's Escobar at second. The winning run with one out. The 0-1. Swing and a high drive. Hit deep right field. Bowers back to the track at the wall. It is off the wall. Escobar racing around third. Taking the turn. The cutoff throw from right center field is not in time. Escobar slides in safely. Nimmo at third base with a game-winning RBI triple. He is mobbed. It is the Mets over the Yankees in extra innings. 4-3. That was the call on WCBS as the Mets go on to beat the Yankees in 10 innings by a score of 4-3. How about the first place Texas Rangers? Here's Seager. And he swings first pitch. That ball's blasted. Nothing Redfro can do. That ball's gone. The dynamic duo up the middle for the Rangers strikes here in the seventh. Seager with a solo home run, and just like that, the Rangers lead 4-1. to one. The call on 105.3 The Fan, the Rangers went on to beat the Angels by a score of 6-3. to three. I'm Rick Worthington. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, good morning and welcome to a Thursday, or as we like to uh, call it, Hometown Breakfast Eve. Start going over uh, menu items. By the way, if you would like to do that before you head out tomorrow, go to the porkbellyidaho.com you can uh, start figuring out what you are going to order the one thing i will say you need to try out tomorrow because we will be debuting the brand new biscuit and gravy soup a collaboration between myself and chef wally i had the idea he had the wherewithal and the knowledge of how to do it it's not just watered down gravy he wanted me to make sure that everybody knew it's not just watered down gravy that's going to be the soup special coming up tomorrow Tomorrow we'll find out if other people besides the two of you think it's a good idea. Exactly. Fantastic. However, if you have had their gravy on their biscuits yeah. and gravy, you know how good his gravy It's amazing. So we'll be trying that out tomorrow. Um, we'll find out some of the new menu items that they have been working on to put on the menu. So that's all going to be happening. And as you heard, we are going to be blowing out Jackson Country Stomp tickets tomorrow. Jackson Country Stomp, by the way, is coming up tomorrow night. So uh, if people that come out tomorrow, you're going to have a really, really, really good chance of doing some winning, in addition to getting your breakfast at Pork Belly in CUNA. On the way uh, today, some things to talk about. First of all, um, Trump has not been charged in uh, no new charges today for Trump. So that's good news for him. (laughs) 
We will yeah, have every, every day you're not charged in court is a good day. <laughs> it's a good day. And they seem to come fewer and far between, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have some new polling numbers that are going to be talking about having to do with the uh, charges, how Trump is doing. We also have uh, polling numbers, a, a few different things that we're going to be uh, looking into this morning. The other new poll numbers that came out um, is how support of abortion has changed since the uh, law was changed last year by the Supreme Court. Um, we'll talk a little bit about those numbers coming up here for you this morning. Uh, also have uh, details on the way a little bit later this morning. Uh, a woman who uh, was employed by Starbucks just got paid $25 million after she was fired because of her race. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, she's white. Really? Yeah. She was fired because she's white. We'll give you the details Are they seeking on applications that story. Now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, there is a city. And this comes on uh, after we had talked about this week about the brouhaha at the state capitol. I guess the White House of the pride flag not being or being flown more prominently than the uh, U.S. flags. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a city in Michigan who has uh, taken the step to make sure something like that doesn't happen. Um, they have banned pride flags. Really? Yeah. We'll talk about that story coming up here for you this morning. Also, uh, if you want, our phone lines are open, and we always encourage you to take part in the show. It's easy to do, 208-336-3700. Toll-free, 1-800-529-5264. If you have a Verizon wireless phone, you just hit pound 670. You can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com, and... Text us. You can do that same number as our main number, 208-336-3700. Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 633, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you can always uh, listen in and take part in the show. We always encourage that. 208-336-3700. Toll-free, 1-800-529-5264. You can also hit pound 670 on your Verizon wireless phones. Those numbers, by the way, also going to come in handy. We've got a lot of stuff that we're going to be giving away this morning on the show. Uh, we've got uh, final four-pack of tickets for the game tonight. Boise Hawks, Thirsty Thursday. Chance to uh, get those tickets on the way this morning. And once again, a reminder for everybody who is going to the game, whether you win tickets or not, might want to show up a little early. Uh, Nate Shulman gets to throw out first pitch for the Boise Hawks tonight, so he'll be doing that. Uh, Also on the way for you, uh, again, Cherry Festival is underway, got underway yesterday. Um, We did find out, had a couple of uh, farmers call Mm -hmm. in, and man, uh, apparently cherries are plentiful this year for the Cherry cherry Festival. Cherries Jubilee. We uh, also found, what was it, was it the Bings? That the farmer, because we asked him what was the best uh, pit, pit to spin. Yeah, and, and he said the traditional bing would probably be the best pit. Because it's smoother. And it's yeah. like, hey, we appreciate it. I would never have guessed or well, known. Well, 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 so well, 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 well. congratulations to those of you uh, who will be partaking. Just remember, if you're going to pick a cherry to spit, cherry pit to spit, because they have the contest, yeah. um, use the bing because they're smoother and they'll fly further. Try not to say, sure, I'll spit ten times fast. <laughs> 
Um, so we've got carnival passes for you. These are unlimited rides for uh, whoever wants you. You can use them, your kids, your grandkids. $100 value. We'll give those away this morning. And as promised, we also have uh, concert tickets we're going to be giving away coming up once again this morning. Dirks Bentley is going to be here in August. We have a couple of pair of tickets that we'll be giving away throughout the morning here. Uh, one of those pair of tickets is going to go with our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question, which, by the way, we will uh, give to you coming up here in uh, about 15, 20 minutes from now so that you can start working on it. You'll have a chance to win that coming up at 820, but we'll have one additional pair of tickets that we'll be giving away once again before 10. So keep it locked in. Your winning is going to get underway uh, on the way here uh, within the next... 45 minutes. Next 45 minutes. So you early risers, uh, keep listening. We have a chance for you to get those baseball tickets. By the way, just to let you know, you must pick up your tickets for the game today here at the studio before 5 o'clock if you want to go to that game. But we'll have those tickets coming up here for sometime within the next 45 minutes. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Welcome back. Boise City Council is expected to decide the fate of the city's future planning this week. Right now, Boiseans are giving their input on the city's proposed zoning code rewrite in public testimony. And today is day one of testimony and of the several hearings in front of city council before they make a decision on the zoning code rewrite. News Channel 7's Jude Binkley joins us live from City Hall where that testimony is happening right now. Jude. Well, sure. We've stepped outside. Public testimony is still going on. It started a little after 2 o'clock today. And Mayor Lauren McLean said that 98 people are signed up to speak. So this could go well past the 6 o'clock end time that was scheduled. And it is possible there could be three days of public testimony instead of the two that were planned. Now, council has heard from people both for and against the zoning code rewrite. Those in support say it addresses growth, stops the city's sprawl by building up, and that denser communities provide more affordable options. And groups opposed to the rewrite say it puts developers over people, would destroy tree canopy and open spaces, and targets many of Boise's affordable communities. That That's your argument? It would destroy tree canopies and open spaces? That's your argument? Tree canopies? Against? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. Um, so we've heard three days. Well, we haven't. Uh, the city council and everybody who attended the meeting has now officially heard three days of testimony for and against. So one of the things they want to do simply is is put in like tall apartment buildings then. They want to be allowed to be able to do that, mm-hmm. make it easier to be able to do that in a change to the zone, zoning. We talked uh, a little bit about this yesterday, and we told you this, is, this would be the first major change to uh, zoning here in Boise since 1966. If you want to weigh in on on this, the decision is going to be made tonight. So tomorrow night, unless they table it or they don't get through, I, I, I don't know, anything could happen, mm-hmm. but they're supposed to meet in the fourth day in a row tonight, and tonight they're supposed to take a vote on whether or not the zoning laws will be changed. Any prediction on who's going to be pissed off tomorrow morning? <laughs> It's not. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter who what decision is made. There are going to be people unhappy on either side. Oh, I'm sure. I think they'll vote to change them. I really do too. That's my prediction, and I have not been in any of the meetings. I don't know. It it's, sounds from um, some of the social media posts that I have seen on this 
that it sounds like there has been uh, a lot of testimony against it. I mean, there there are a lot of people also in favor. Yeah, a lot of pushback. A lot of pushback, yeah. Um, but I, I really do think that you're going to see maybe not fully adopted, but for the majority of the uh, new zoning changes, you could see some changes. If you want to weigh in, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. A lot of this has to do is, do you want to see Boise grow out, or do you want to see it grow up? And I don't mean that in a way as uh, you hope your teenager grows up. I'm talking mm-hmm. about, you know, high-density planning you know, for apartment buildings. They, they want to avoid urban sprawl, mm-hmm. which is kind of something we have a lot of already. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you can look at cities, for instance, they keep pointing to Phoenix, how, you know, zoning basically allows that to just be spread out over massive amount of area. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is Phoenix? Like the fourth largest city? It is now, yeah. Yeah. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless if you want to weigh in. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. It's time for another check on what's going on with sports. This morning you want to turn the music down just a tad so you can hear me talking. There we go. Uh, time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning, brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA, the place to be, especially tomorrow. Now, they open up every day at 7 o'clock, so opening up in 15 minutes. But tomorrow morning, you'll be opening up, and Chris and myself will be broadcasting live for the hometown breakfast finale, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Former Boise State football standout Alexander Madison looks like he's going to get a shot to be in every down back now for the Minnesota Vikings. Most recently, Alexander Madison telling the media why he ultimately decided he was going to come back to the Vikings, and now Dalvin Cook is out. I, I think I got spoiled coming here, uh, getting drafted here, because uh, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And I love just the, the staff that we have, the locker room that we have. Um, it's just really an amazing place to be as a player. This organization is just really top tier. Um, and then, of course, I just I, I love the scheme and, and what Kevin has going on on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Coach Kale really just is is dialing up a great offense that's going to be well balanced. And um, I'm excited to see what it looks like this year um, when we go finally get to get into live action. And something we know of after seeing him for so long with Boise State is that he is an every down back. I feel good. I feel great about that. I think um, I've shown over the years that I'm capable of doing so. And uh, I just, you know, every time that, that I get on get on the field, get in the game, uh, it's one of those things where you just – it's hard to get in a groove when you're coming off the bench, mm-hmm. um, as you might say. And uh, I think being in there, um, I've shown the games that I've started uh, that uh, I'm all, all around back, all down back. So I, I feel confident in what I can do and – uh, you know, when it, when it's my time, I'll be able to show that. The Minnesota Vikings currently list Alexander Madison as their number one running back going into the season. Their first game is Sunday, September 10th, when they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm Rick Worthington. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707 
Thanks for listening in. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you uh, want to get through this morning and take part in the show, please feel free to do that. I uh, talked a little bit earlier this morning. House of Representatives passed a bill yesterday aimed at blocking the Biden administration's proposed rules curtailing the use of gas stoves. The Save Our Gas Stoves Act. That's a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Uh, bars the Energy Department from setting more stringent efficiency requirements for the devices. It passed 249 to 181. 29 Democrats joined the 220 Republicans in voting yay. You might remember the White House ignited a frenzy back in January after a uh, regulator of the Consumer Product Safety Commission floated the prospect of a national ban to natural gas stoves. Mm-hmm. And so immediately they thought that, like, every liberal wanted that to happen. (laughs) Apparently not every liberal. Every liberal. Um, Additionally, the department is blocking, uh, as blocked from introducing standards that would result in uh, prohibition of kitchen range or stove based on the type of fuel it uses, including gas stoves. On Tuesday of this week, uh, day before yesterday, House passed the Gas Stove Protection and Freedom Act, which bars the Consumer Product Safety Commission from using federal resources to ratchet up restrictions on gas stoves or to increase their prices to try and stop people from purchasing gas stoves in their homes. On the Senate side, Dan Sullivan of Alaska introduced a companion legislation, which has been backed by Senator Joe Manchin. Uh, There is no vote slated on that as of yet. In between those uh, votes yesterday, or while voting, uh, Congressman Russ Fulcher was on with uh, Nate Shulman. They had a few things to talk about. By the way, if you want to hear the whole interview, just got a couple of the highlights. Whole interview is on KBOI.com. You can uh, click on the podcast link for Nate Shulman, and you can get the whole interview if you want. One of the things they talked about uh, is the Trump indictment. Uh, questions uh, about the uh, bribery claims leveled against Biden also, and if all those things are a distraction for Congress when it comes to uh, doing business. Yeah, it's a distraction even uh, for the work of the people. I mean, it's uh, and it, it has to do with the level of trust or lack thereof within the intelligence community. Um, you know, we're supposed we as in the U.S. House are supposed to have U.S. Congress. We're supposed to have oversight of the intelligence community. We're supposed to have oversight of the FBI over the NSA, CIA. I can tell you after being here, Nate, it's, uh, it, it's an inadequate level of, of capacity for that because the, the enforcement mechanism for our subpoenas, the enforcement mechanism for congressional contempt is the Department of Justice. And the Department of Justice is a part of the executive branch. That, that's a flaw in the system. And so we have to deal with it in creative ways. But it's definitely created... A, uh, a distraction here because, frankly, I'd say the majority of the members of Congress do not trust the FBI. We don't trust their leadership. We do not trust the uh, the intelligence community. And it's it's both the Trump and the Biden side of things. I mean, the, on the one side, the Trump uh, situation where, my goodness, you know, Russian collusion, tax evasion, election fraud, personal taxes, insurrection, Mueller report, Durham report, kids business. I mean, you go down the line, and uh, it's like, all right, uh, the guy, you know, the guy's not president anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it, but uh, and then then the whole Biden deal comes to comes out and this uh, uh, they, they suppress it. Finally, get a look at this letter from a very credible whistleblower. And they've had it since 2017. So 
Um, yeah, it's 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 an issue, and uh, I can I could go into to more detail in terms of of what uh, what we're we're attempting to do. But the bottom line is the biggest lever we have is the appropriation. It's not the true enforcement of oversight. And so we have to go after them with money and uh, and their budget and their salaries and, uh, you know, try to hold some, hold them accountable that way. And so there's a lot of oxygen being sucked out of the room over that very topic. Also, uh, a lot of talk as of right now, we get it here um, on our show, wondering why Biden and the allegations of bribery charges are not going after, it seems like, with the same amount of uh, vim, vigor, and passion as uh, they're going after Trump. And uh, Nate had asked him whether or not he uh, thought or was hearing the same on his constituents and the phone calls uh, that he gets um, in Congress. Uh, their their own power structure. The, the bureaucracies, the intelligence communities have become so large uh, so unaccountable, they basically run their own show, and they're able to basically have a, a parallel form of governance in a lot of ways. And the Hillary's of the world, the Biden's of the world, don't threaten that. Trump does um, because he gets he he, he uh, when he gets involved, he starts firing people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm not I'm not defending Trump as a choir boy. I've never done that. He's 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 got his own flaws just like you and I do. But the bottom line is is that. He is a threat to them, Hillary, Biden, uh, et cetera, are not. They leave them alone. They let them do what they're going to do. They let them have their own control structure. There's no accountability. That's not the case with Trump. And so there's this vitriolic response that goes after him because he is a threat to them. So is there any return to center? Is there any return to just letting the Department of Justice investigate where the actual crimes are, who... Or is it now forever damaged, now forever politicized, whoever's in power controls who gets investigated? Nate, back when the 1970s, when I assume you were in Cleveland, Ohio, uh-huh. and, and uh, I was in grade school, the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, an Idaho senator, Frank Church, uh, started what was called the Church Commission because of uh, a similar concern about corruption within the intelligence community. And they, they, they made a specific congressional effort to just peel back the onion layer after layer after layer until they got to the very bottom of, uh, uh, of what was going on in the CIA at that time. I told uh, Kevin McCarthy, I said, you know what, Kevin, I, I think it, personally, I think it's time for another church commission. And, the, you know, transparency, the sunlight really does uh, you know, um, solve a lot of things, but just the exposure. And there's so much we don't know. And uh, there's such a, a lack of trust, not just within Congress, but uh, the phones on my various offices around the state in Washington, D.C., I can tell you for sure that people are concerned about it because they're calling me. And so I know there's a tremendous lack of trust. I share in that. And uh, the the best thing, the only thing that uh, that I can really give you comfort in knowing that uh, I, I think that we can make progress in doing this, we can shine a light on it, we can expose it. And in the short term, we can cut funding, we can restrict funding for some of this activity. But it's this is not a short-term deal, and it's deep. 
And none of these people, the FBI, DOJ, they're not elected. They're appointed. They're they're hired. And so, uh, it, you know, it's 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 not like this is going to be fixed with an election. Uh, the the election is going to impact the level of oversight and the level of aggression in solving it. But uh, it's got to be transparency. It's got to be exposure. We've got to show these people up for what they are. Once again, that's Congressman Russ Fulcher appearing with uh, Nate Shellman yesterday. Just a couple of highlights from the interview. If you want to hear the whole interview, you can go to KBOI.com, click on the podcast, and uh, hear that there. KBOI Newstime 716. We'll take a break for traffic and weather. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, money, what's going on. Hey, Dow Futures uh, have fought their way back now, basically being flat. Uh, Are we going to see another up day after being down over 200 points yesterday? We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here next about uh, reaction to the Fed meeting yesterday after traffic and weather. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722, Jeremiah Bates with us uh, once again this morning. Uh, Dow Futures have clawed their way back uh, about uh, an hour ago. They were down 80 points as of right now. Now, futures are up seven Head of the opening here in just about eight minutes. Wanted to talk, uh, Jeremiah, a little bit this morning uh, about the Fed meeting. <laughs> Once again, uh, it, it, it's the Fed meeting predicted that they would pause interest rates. But then as soon as uh, the uh, Fed chairman started talking, all of a sudden you saw uh, the stock market continue a drop uh, to over 400 points uh, at one point after he started talking. So uh, didn't necessarily like what the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, had to say yesterday. Certainly didn't like it initially. And then the, what we've seen this year as far as the markets has been resilient, You know, regardless of, uh, of all the kind of turmoil of the, the backdrop that we've seen, whether it's bank failures, uh, interest rates, Federal Reserve, inflation, or the looming debt ceiling. I mean, the market's largely just shrugged it off, right? Which um, kind of gives you some some insight as an investor where, you know, what is noise and what is signal? But there was a highly anticipated Federal Reserve meeting yesterday. They paused, which was the anticipation for basically everybody. And then there came the press conference, right? So essentially, the Federal Reserve came out and said by their their forecast, they're going to need to raise their federal funds rate to 5.6% by the end of the year, which implies that there will be two more rate hikes. Now you have Fed funds futures traders, they're pricing in a peak of just five, about a five and a half, like about 5.25% Fed funds rate. So the market's essentially saying, okay, you're likely going to raise once. And then again, we're anticipating you to cut at the end of the year because we're likely to see a, you know, drop, drop in the, in the strong labor market that we've seen, a drop of inflation. Um, and if that data comes into fruition, that is likely what's going to happen. Cause at that point, there's no reason for the central bank to be this restrictive. Right. Now there's an interesting data report that came out this morning in the form of the U.S. retail sales. Now, that did rise slightly again in the month of May. Not It wasn't a huge beat in that anticipated number. But again, it does show that you still have a resilient consumer. They got some extra cash on hand. They're still spending. There's still money going towards these highly high-cost cars, used cars. Um, so these these dynamics in the economy, I mean, we still don't have like a clear signal yet. So from the Federal Reserve standpoint, they're saying that they're going to be data specific, which kind of go, which is kind of contrary to what the, what they said that 
There was an interesting comment by Jerome Powell in that press conference where he made a comment that they likely don't see actually cutting rates for a couple years. Well, nobody knows what the data is going to be in a couple years. So, I mean, the reality is they're going to react where they need to react. And now the question now becomes, what are they going to do in July? They're likely going to raise rates again, but by how much? Are they going to do it by a quarter percent or a half of a percent? And we're going to be in this, uh, it's almost like Groundhog Day to an extent for the past like, uh, year. Before we let you go here this morning, I just want to really quickly ask you about the uh, producer price index. Those numbers came out um, yesterday, and it's down from a peak of uh, 12% and, and dropped way down to between 1% and 2%. And isn't that more of a harbinger where you can look at? Because that's what the retailers are paying for the products that they're giving to the consumer, right? So you can kind of get a better idea on inflation on that, right? Well, 100%, because it's looked at as a leading indicator. So you think it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to capture price shifts that are upstream of the consumer, right? So if you're seeing that it happen at the whole at the wholesale level, then that's eventually going to behave at the store level, which you you and I as consumers, that we will in fact... Um, actually experience. And again, we're seeing, we're seeing the, the PPI, the wholesale level inflation that is going down. I mean, it's not going down at the rate that we want to see, much like the consumer price index that we all watch and pay close attention to. But again, it has peaked. And if you're looking at the year over year over year rate of change, it's the lowest print that we've seen since December of 2020. So again, we're seeing a lot of factors, whether it's employment or inflation data, that these things are leading to the fact that the Federal Reserve might not likely need to continue to raise. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for the info. We'll keep an eye on things as they open. Looks like it's going to be flat on the Dow, down on the uh, NASDAQ, however. We'll get an update in a little later this morning and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 742-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Did you use Google anytime between October 2006 and September of 2013? Yeah, maybe a few times. Yeah. Um, if you did, you have money coming your way. All right. Class action lawsuit claiming Google shared users' searches with third-party websites without permission led to a settlement. Google denying claims that it shared information said the settlement is not an admission of wrongdoing. Why are you paying the settlement then if you didn't do anything wrong? All I know is I get an awful lot of pizza advertisements. <laughs> uh, people who used Google search and clicked on a search result link anytime between October 26, 2006 and September 30th, 2013. I would imagine that's a lot of people. I, I would think that would be everybody unless you didn't have a computer or were not old enough to use a computer yet, right? Mm, probably. You are included in the settlement as a class member. Settlement class members have to decide whether or not to participate in the payout by July 31st. If you're going to participate, you uh, must submit a claim to either opt in or opt out of the settlement. And you can do that by going to refer headsettlement.com. Then there's a registration form. You just have to fill that out. And based on current data, payment amounts for those who are approved in the claims expected to be around $7.70 mm-hmm. per person. So, you know, you, you get those pizza advertisements. Uh-huh. You're not even going to be able to uh, buy a pizza with the uh, amount that you're going to get paid in the settlement. i got to find a place where they sell by the slice. 
Final uh, approval hearing for the settlement currently scheduled for October 12th of this year. But once again, if you're going to opt in, you need to do that before July 31st to get your $7.70. Hey, $7.70 is better than a hot poker in the eye, right? (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine so. KBOI News Time, 745. Time for a final check on what's going on with sports this morning with Rick Worthington. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Kuna, the place to be every day for a breakfast and lunch, specifically the place to be tomorrow because it's a hometown breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. We'll see you there. You can find out some of the best chicken fried steak you're ever going to find anywhere. Huge portions and a brand new debut of a brand new made from uh, scratch soup tomorrow. Biscuit and gravy soup. I am so looking forward to uh, trying this out to see if it's as good as I think it's going to be. Uh, we'll have that for you coming up tomorrow morning. Pork belly and Cuna plus lots of giveaways. Hope to see you there. Some Major League Baseball notes for you. First, Mets pitcher Drew Smith suspended 10 games by Major League Baseball yesterday. He's the fifth MLB pitcher and second on the Mets this year penalized for using banned sticky stuff. The penalty announced by Major League Baseball one day after Smith entered into the seventh inning of their Subway Series against the Yankees at Citi Field and was ejected without throwing a pitch. Smith declined to appeal the discipline and started serving his penalty last night. Big news for the Oakland A's as well. They cleared a major hurdle for their planned relocation to Las Vegas after the Nevada legislature gave final approval yesterday to public funding for a portion of a proposed $1.5 billion stadium with a retractable roof in Vegas. The deal the backers said would help further establish Las Vegas as the new entertainment and sports capital of the world still needs the governor's signature in Nevada, and Major League Baseball has to approve the A's move from California to Vegas, but both of those things are expected. The state assembly in Nevada approved the final version of the bill with $380 million in taxpayer money on a 25 to 15 vote after making some minor changes to the measure that the Senate approved 13 to 8 on Tuesday, just hours before the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup finals. I'm Rick Worthington. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The House voted yesterday to pass legislation that prevents the federal government from banning gas stoves. 29 Democrats joined Republicans in approving that bill, 248 to 180. The legislation prohibits use of federal funds to regulate gas stoves as a hazardous product. Dozens of cities, including San Francisco, have moved to ban new buildings from using gas appliances as a way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. However, the Biden administration says it does not support a nationwide ban on gas stoves. With everything else going on in our country right now, at least we know now that our gas stoves mm-hmm. will be safe. Every little bit helps. Lori writes in, uh, says, I just tried to get signed up for my $7.70 from uh, Google, and Google won't let me go to the website. How crazy would that be? Uh, Google agrees to a $23 million settlement, but they're going to make it so that you can't go to the website. <laughs> uh, now, uh, 
I, my guess is here, Lori, is that I just tried after you. I got your email saying that you couldn't get in. I just tried, and, and I think you've got something in because I did get through. Um, so I'm going to spell this out for people who want to get their seven dollars and seventy cents because hey, you know it's money mm-hmm. uh, and it's free. R e f e r e r header h e a d e r settlement dot com referrer header settlement dot com is how you would spell that out so my guess is you might just have left out a couple of letters or transposed <laughs> a couple of letters but i did just check google is not throttling back a chance for people to get so in not, on the settlement so it's not refer header it's referrer header yeah that's it, it's and, and i don't i don't understand why but and the rest yeah. of it why would google make it easy and just say settlement dot com or google settlement dot com the reason they don't want to make it easy is, you know, they, they don't want to pay people. Pay people, maybe. I, I think they know. have to pay out the same amount. Uh, yeah. amount. It's just uh, everybody, uh, the, the fewer people sign up, the, the, the more bigger each the person payout. gets. Like, Who knows? Like maybe you could, you could get almost eight bucks. Yeah. If a few hundred thousand people decide not to sign up because it's too difficult or they can't, you know, figure out how to do it, you're right. We could go from 770 to $8. Um, you saw the news yesterday. I don't understand. Somebody's going to have to explain to this this to me on on why the PGA. I, I know that PGA and Live. We talked about that last week. Are going to be combining also with the European Tour. Um, I don't know why they had to come up with a new name because PGA stands for Professional Golf Association, yes. right? All the players playing are professional golfers, one way or the other. Um, but uh, officially, they are going to be renaming. The PGA. PGA. They're going to call it the Unified Golf Tour, UGT. Doesn't that? I think that sounds like a an infection, doesn't it? <laughs> Are you okay? No, I got a UGT. Treated, I got to take care of. Being treated for a UGT. <laughs> I take two of these in the morning and then take one with food every... Yeah, yeah. and my doctor said I got to start drinking more cranberry juice, yeah. but uh, yeah... Uh, <laughs> and, he, and he said, stay out of downtown for some reason. Uh, so uh, you, if, if you're into golf, uh, PGA, Live Golf or Live V Golf, however you pronounce the darn thing, and European European Tour, um, which I think was the what, DPA Tour is what that was called, will now all be combined together, and it will just be called the Unified Golf Tour. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, you want to get through this morning. We'll talk a little bit more. Uh, decision is going to be made later today on whether zoning laws in Boise are going to be changed. They've had three days of long days of testimony. Uh, we're not, we're not talking like, hey, we'll meet here for 45 minutes and we'll get everybody through. No, it was three long days of testimony. They've gone through that now and the Boise City Council expected to uh, make a vote on whether to adopt new changes. Want to weigh in on that? Please feel free to do that. We'll get to more of your phone calls and emails coming up. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Welcome back. Boise City Council is expected to decide the fate of the city's future planning this week. Right now, Boiseans are giving their input on the city's proposed zoning code rewrite in public testimony. And today is day one of testimony and of the several hearings in front of city council before they make a decision on the zoning code rewrite. News Channel 7's Jude Binkley joins us live from City Hall where that testimony is happening right now. Jude. 
Well, sure. we've stepped outside. Public testimony is still going on. It started a little after 2 o'clock today, and Mayor Lauren McLean said that 98 people are signed up to speak, so this could go well past the 6 o'clock end time that was scheduled, and it is possible there could be three days of public testimony instead of the two that were planned. Now, council has heard from people both for and against the zoning code rewrite. Those in support say it addresses growth, stops the city's sprawl by building up, and that denser communities provide more affordable options. And groups opposed to the rewrite say it puts developers over people, will destroy tree canopy and open spaces, and targets many of Boise's affordable communities. Pro the proposal would uh, dictate the type of buildings that can be built in different parts of the city, and many advocates think uh, reboot is urgently needed to pave the way for less sprawl and keep up with Idaho's rapidly growing population. The uh, council expected to vote on the uh, changes this afternoon. If passed, the code would allow small apartment buildings to be built in residential areas more easily, would target transit corridor, corridors for mixed-use development. Some density increases in residential neighborhoods could be tied to affordability and sustainability criteria, and the code would also streamline the development process by removing public hearings from some applications and not notifying nearby residents about all the projects that could happen. These changes are intended to so, make building denser, so Boise's problem up to this point is that uh, we haven't been allowed to build apartment buildings in enough places because it kind of seems like we've been doing that for or a while. or quick enough. That's one All of right. the big complaints is that it just takes so long for approval with the uh, old zones. And by the way, um, the zoning code has not been updated for over fifty-five years. Boise's seen a lot of the Treasure Valley seen a lot of changes in fifty-five not years. True. But if it works, you know, don't fix it. Right. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Some people saying, well, it's not working. Mm. Um, once more, no name on this one says, once more, you guys keeping in lockstep with the WEF and the New World Order's plan for all cities. Pack us in densely, take away our cars, cram us into tiny houses, give us 15-minute cities, you know, all that goes with that open prison system. Take away our freedoms, and you scoff at those who want to maintain tree canopies. Where's the news coverage? Number pro and con hearing. Audio clips. Actual changes to the zoning law. You are woefully lax on this issue, almost like a supportive silence. Good grief. Do you, do your ears not work? I, I don't, I don't understand. You just heard a news clip right there. You just heard a news clip talking pros and cons. Here's the other thing. If you don't like it, they had three days of public testimony that you could go and say why you didn't like it you could actually attend these meetings and participate if you don't like it well not all trolls speak english <laughs> not one time did chris or myself say we are for or against it we're letting you say whether you're for or against it for me doesn't matter to me i don't live in boise i don't i've never lived in boise so these changes not necessarily going to affect anything on any place that I live because I've been told by my wife that we are never moving from our house that we bought a couple of years ago in Nampa. No matter what happens, we're staying. So this doesn't affect me. Gotcha. But if you want to write in on it and say how it affects you, please feel free. Nobody's saying that you can't find all the information you want about these 
these things. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what you're talking about because we've had news stories for the last three days, almost every single newscast and, about and, what's going on. And I can't speak out against the World Economic Forum because they give me $10,000 a month. Yeah. We, we promote which, them. Which I keep in an well, offshore account. Now, keep in mind, Chris, when he gets that $10,000, has to give half to me. So he gets 5000 I get 5000 and I do the same. I keep my free money that I get from the World Economic Forum in, in, an, offshore in an offshore account offshore also, account, sure. so I don't have to pay taxes on it. I, I can, I can uh, access it anytime I'm you know, standing in the ocean. <laughs> I just have to be offshore. Uh, Chris writes in. Uh, I'm sure this is a different Chris than you, Chris. Um, in my opinion, we're getting screwed by some of the city officials. Here in Star, we have had a one-lane road going through town forever. We now have we now know what it's like driving in a parade on those same roads. It sucks. The people in charge <laughs> should stop taking money from developers to build in places that clearly don't have the roads and infrastructure to support it. And maybe stop building a house so close together that you can spit on your neighbors, even though some of them deserve it. <laughs> so close you can spit on your neighbors <laughs> um i'm glad you brought that because we didn't have a chance to get to this I yesterday could, my neighbors live too close i could throw feces <laughs> on their house from here and i do on a regular basis um i'm glad you brought up star because we didn't get a chance to talk to this before the end of the show yesterday about how much the state of idaho is growing we talked a little bit yesterday about where most of the people moving into like ada county canyon county what where they are coming from um what parts of california they're coming from what other states are coming from. um some of the biggest in move-ins from out of state we found yesterday texas not too surprising um the one i did find surprising though was florida Florida was kind of a surprise to see that that was one of the main places that people... And Phoenix. Phoenix and Florida, I thought, were kind of a surprise yesterday. Now, as far as growth here in Idaho, which cities are growing, um, you can think to yourself right right now, top 20 populated cities in Idaho. Where do Mm -hmm. you think the most growth happened last year? Around here? Um, In Idaho. Top 20 largest populated cities where do you think the most growth happened uh off the top of my head probably one of the ones very close to boise so mm-hmm. uh eagle cuna star something like that star star saw a 13 percent increase last year in population by far beating everybody else canyon county by the way um saw the biggest now, biggest growth if, if you don't limit it to just the top 20 uh, most populated cities in idaho I guess number one was the city of Paul, but they basically went from about 1,000 people to about 1,200 people. Mm -hmm. And to give you an idea, Star increased over 1,600 people. Mm -hmm. So they increased more than the new population of Paul. Um, Nampa was number two in the state last year. Um, They grew by 4.2%. They added 4,400 new people in Nampa. Caldwell was number four. They increased 3.2%, adding 2,000 people. And uh, at number three, um, out of the top five, there's the only one outside of, uh, I'm sorry, the, there's two outside the Treasure Valley. Although Jerome's considered Treasure Valley, right? No. Is it still, no? That's okay, Magic Valley. Magic Valley, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jerome was number five at 3.1%. Um, Post Falls, which is in North Idaho, um, was number three. They increased uh, 3.2%. Six percent last year. 
Um, Idaho, by the way, checked in number 10 for growth overall population-wise last year out of all 50 states. So the growth part of it ain't going away very soon. If you want to weigh in on the uh, vote that will come up later today and your thoughts, do you think the zoning should be uh, updated, the zoning code should be updated? Is it good as is? Or some of the changes that were not listed, you you think maybe some other changes should be made? Feel free to uh, weigh in. Uh, Once again, Chris and I talked about this a little bit earlier this morning. Um, I think we were both in agreement. I think you're going to see it adopted. That's my personal opinion. I don't have any inside knowledge because, hey, the mayor doesn't talk to me. Uh, but uh, I really do think you're going to see this uh, new zoning code get adopted. Stick around. We will uh, take a break. When we come back, we have a chance for you to pick up concert tickets. Dirks Bentley is going to be here in August, Ford Idaho Center Outdoor Amphitheater. We've got a pair of tickets with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question on the way next after traffic and weather. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. The House voted yesterday to pass legislation that prevents the federal government from banning gas stoves. 29 Democrats joined Republicans in approving that bill, 248 to 180. The legislation prohibits use of federal funds to regulate gas stoves as a hazardous product. Dozens of cities, including San Francisco, have moved to ban new buildings from using gas appliances as a way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. However, the Biden administration says it does not support a nationwide ban on gas stoves. So uh, gas stoves, it was going to be next. California is already talking about uh, banning gas HVAC units. Our home, I don't know, what is your home electric? Furnace or gas, uh, gas, natural gas. Ours is natural gas also. A little bit cheaper than electricity, but also um, we're starting to see areas that, uh, you know, at certain times during the year may run low on electricity. You got brownouts and blackouts. This is going to stretch further and further. And I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in Congress as far as the laws, uh, but I give you an example in Illinois. They have a new law in Illinois that will require electric vehicle charging stations to be put into every new garage, or if you renovate your home, you'll be required as part of that renovation and the approval process, you'll be required to put in a charging station in your home. So in other words, if you want to you know, get approval to redo your kitchen, mm-hmm. fine. Redo your kitchen, but you also have to put a charging station inside your garage. But I, I, I don't want to redo my garage. Doesn't matter if we're going to approve <laughs> you for your kitchen any, remodel. Any, any you have to permit, put. Huh? Yes, exactly. Wow. Bill signed it into law by uh, the governor last Friday. An effective date will start January first. How many people are going to be remodeling their homes before January first? <laughs> Getting that approval yeah, done before then. <laughs> yeah. Um, right now, the the bill, uh, one of the uh, proponents of the bill, uh, the legislator says, right now, approximately 80% of the people charge their electric vehicles at home, according to a uh, legislator. The bill will ensure that Illinois residents now can do just that. I didn't know they were being stopped from doing that before. I did not know either. 
The measure passed the Illinois Senate in March with a vote of 39 to 16. The House approved the bill in May with a vote of 60 to 38. So the vote was not even close. Much of the conversation around the bill focused on the project's potential cost to consumers. Within 90 days of the effective date of the act, all large multifamily building permits will require all parking to be EV capable. Two years after the effective date, there are similar requirements on other residential buildings, which means apartments, condos, townhomes, duplexes, fourplexes. They would all, for instance, if you have a fourplex, all four parking spots for that fourplex would be required to have charging stations. Cost would be, uh, according to the proponent, which said, oh, it's going to be under $1,000 for a setup in these homes. However, State Representative Dan Swanson said that other costs are not accounted for. Mm. For instance, it requires a 200-amp service. If you want to have a fast charger, that will require additional cost because most houses don't have additional 200-amp service. The measure also allows landlords to charge a security deposit to cover the cost of restoring the property to its original condition if the tenant removes the electric vehicle charging system, too. This still goes under the heading. When it comes to electric vehicles, if they are so good, why do you have to force people to do it? If it was going to save money. They're also new, besides being good. If it's going to save money, if you can do it for less, people will bang your door down to get to it. You don't have to pay extra money to force people to do it. You don't have to give money to companies to make it or to buy the vehicle. People will do it just because it's so awesome. <laughs> All right, good happen. So is this is this the next the next thing that Congress will be looking at, will you see more cities start to do this? Because once again, if I want to remodel my bathroom, why do I have to put a charger in my bay in my garage? It just seems ridiculous and a lot more expensive. Plus, it, it is an odd rule. Here, here's the other thing. You, you have the people who do the work knowing that if you remodel something, you have to have this done. Mm-hmm. You don't think that there are going to people try and gouge you for doing the doing this work? Well, considering they try to gouge us in uh, literally pretty, every yeah, other, pretty much everything, right? Every other thing we buy or do, then I would go yes. Yeah. Now, another thing that um, we probably should talk about because this is also kind of scary, and Biden is all behind electric vehicles. And Biden has a plan to phase out gas-powered cars, and it all has to do with EPA changes. Now, some people love their electric vehicles. We've talked to them here. Uh, I've talked to people, like I told you, uh, the guy had an electric vehicle, Tesla, my Uber driver, absolutely loved his car. Didn't like the fact that he couldn't charge it at home because it took too long to charge. So at the end of every shift, he had to go to a supercharging station, sit there for 30 to 45 minutes to charge his car. But he said that that just is a price of doing business. He loved his, he still loved his Tesla. Now, 
most people, for a lot of times, drive their vehicles, electric vehicles, short distances. So we've talked about the problems with electric vehicles here. Like if you want to drive to, to Portland from Boise, it's probably going to take you an extra hour, maybe two hours longer, because you can't get from there to here without on one charge charging up. Yeah. Right. Um, thankfully, Americans today have a choice between gas-powered and electric vehicles. But if the Environmental Protection Agency and their latest proposed rule on car emissions is finalized as written, um, you're not going to have that choice much longer. The new rule would require 60% of vehicles sold in the United States to be battery-powered electric by 2030. 60% by 2030. We're talking seven years here. And further, 67% of vehicles, and almost 70% would be required by 2032 compared to where we're at today, 6%. So in seven years, according to the EPA, if this is passed, 60% of all vehicles sold in the United States will have to be battery-powered electric. Wow. The public has um, only until July 5th to comment on this. So if you don't think this is a good idea, you might want to do that. Representative Andrew Clyde of Georgia introduced a bill that would prevent the EPA from finalizing the rule and other similar bills that are planned. If these efforts fail, the new rule could have major effects on American consumers and the nation as a whole. For one thing, it will increase driver costs. Gasoline-powered vehicles, more affordable than battery-powered electric vehicles. For instance, the electric vehicle... um, Ford F-150 pickup, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, the gas-powered vehicle is the number one selling vehicle in America right Right. now. The gas-powered sells for $26,000 less than the electric-powered. So, statistically speaking, you would have to own your electric F-150 for almost 20 years to make up for that added cost. However, the average electric car's battery will only last around 12 years. So you're not even going to be able to have the vehicle long enough before the battery needs to be replaced to make up for the cost. In addition, the cost of electricity is high in many states and likely to continue to rise even further as more and more people are being forced to use it. I mean, we've seen it here. What's our electricity in the last year gone up, uh, what, 21, yeah, 22%? Like it's been quite a, the Public Utilities Commission told them to go ahead. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so think about that. If you have more and more people using electricity, you think electricity is going down? No. Do you think electricity, even if people didn't use more electricity, no. if it's go- no, of course not. So this is going to just continue to get more. You could rush home right now. Yeah, guess what? They reduced the price of. <laughs> I don't know what. Expensive. Nothing. They reduced um, the price of nothing. You you also have the, the the added problem where there are some states where it's just not. Good to use electric vehicles. I'm talking about those really cold states. And that's why you don't have a lot of electric vehicles in places like Wyoming, in North Dakota. Minnesota. Minnesota. Alaska. Because they, they're not efficient when the weather is cold. You have to charge them much more often because they lose about 20 to 40% of their efficiency. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. I haven't even got into the uh, call yet. Uh, from Energy Secretary Jenna, Jennifer Granholm, um, who is receiving blowback because she is calling for electric vehicle military tanks. Can you imagine? Hey, um, we just ran electricity yeah. in the middle of the battlefield. Can you bring out a 
charger for us? Yeah. We can't seem to find an electric vehicle charger out here. Can you fly in a generator? Uh, <laughs> now, there may be people shooting at you. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Those of you who are on the line, stay right where you're at. I promise to get to you coming up next. The night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Still have those Carnival Ride Passes, unlimited passes for the Emmett Cherry Festival Carnival. Going on to give away, coming up here shortly. Also, uh, we have Dirk Bentley concert tickets. We'll give away coming up before 10 o'clock this morning. To the phone lines uh, we go, 208-336-3700. Paul from Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I had a question on the uh, charging stations you were talking about. For residential, does that account for apartments and hotels? Are you you're talking about the new Illinois law? Right. Yes. Uh huh. Um, two years from now, it would uh, count for um, residential, all residential, so condos, apartments, so maybe not, maybe not hotels, not, maybe though. not hotels. So all the if, if it happened in Idaho or in Boise, all these new apartment complexes they're building with cash have charging stations, one per unit. I think, what, I think the apartments uh, wouldn't have one per unit. They would have one probably per building or two per building, something like that. Or probably one per parking spot is probably what they would do. Because, I mean, I can just see if, a, if I go to rent an apartment someplace and there's no charging station, if they're required by law to have them, they have to put one in? I mean, is that what they're talking about? Probably. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the expense could be exactly. uh, a lot for, you know, people who own apartments or, like I said, yeah. duplexes, fourplexes. I like you better at the tank, too. The tank was quite, quite <laughs> good. Thank you for the uh, call, Paul. Appreciate it. Uh, Terry from Boise, you're on News Talk KBI. Good morning to you. Good morning. Um, on this electric uh, transition or transfer, um, you know, we've already been through this. Um, I was born in 53, but I remember clearly that all of the homes that were built around Boise uh, could get a plaque that said all electric yeah. that would be put by the front door of the house. And that was because you were in cooperation with Idaho Power in uh, using all this electric power that they were putting uh, putting out because of um, the dams that they were putting uh, uh, in. <clears throat> and the interesting thing is that the thing that everybody hated, probably if I remember as a kid that people would sit around and talk about, everybody hated Idaho Power because it was the most expensive electricity in the country. And um, <clears throat> we moved to Washington State. And where they had the Columbia River, and it was all PUD or public utility districts, and it was the cheapest power in the country. Really? And and yeah, I think it still is probably. Um, but uh, we lived in Wenatchee, and it was very inexpensive power, and so people were motivated to have electric uh, items in their house and so on. Mm-hmm. But but to go like they're going now, where it's going to take all the options away. Uh, somebody, if the grid goes out, the electric grid goes out, suddenly you don't have anything. You don't have any gas. You don't have any LP. You can't use 
anything uh, alternative to electricity. And it puts, I think, puts us in a very vulnerable situation as yeah, a country. I agree. So, Thank you uh, for anyway. the call, Terry. We're up on uh, time here. We've got to take a uh, mandatory break. But appreciate the call. Appreciate the thoughts this morning. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Like I said, we'll take a break for news coming up here. As we go, I promised we were going to have the uh, unlimited ride passes, Emmett Cherry Festival Carnival. Caller 6 right now, 208-336-3700. They are yours. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.05. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Final hour. Congratulations going out to uh, Rob Brindley. Uh, Rob, either he himself or he's going to take kids, grandkids, somebody to enjoy the carnival rides once again going on at Emma Cherry Festival. Through Saturday, unlimited, $100 value. Congratulations. Uh, enjoy those. Uh, I have, uh, as promised... One more pair of tickets to Dirk's Bentley today. This is Ford Idaho Center coming up uh, in August. It's going to be a sold-out show, guaranteed. We've got a pair of tickets. Gave away one just a little while ago. Got another pair to give away right now. The way you're going to win that is you're going to text us. That's it. Texting only. All you have to do is text, I want Dirk's Bentley tickets. That's it. (laughs) Don't ask to answer a, a damn near impossible question. Just Text, I want Dirk's Bentley tickets. And then at random, we will choose one between now and 945 to get those pair of tickets. Couldn't be any easier to get free tickets. I mean, you're, you're talking $300 worth of tickets that you can win this morning. Wow. Just, it's actually over $300, just by texting. A text number, 208-336-3700. Once again, I want Dirk's Bentley concert tickets. That's all, or tickets. You don't even put concert, just tickets. And uh, you'll be in for that grand prize drawing. Go ahead and start doing that right now if you would like. Once again, we were talking about my uh, least favorite subject to talk about here on KBOI, electric vehicles. Seems like we're talking more and more about it. I was just looking uh, in, we had told you about the new Illinois law. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't specifically know, but you tell me what this reads to you when this goes into effect. Within 90 days of January 1st of next year, that's the effective date, all large multifamily building permits shall require all parking to be EV capable. So that means if you have a two-car garage, you have to have two charging stations if yeah, you have a four-car garage you have to have four charging stations is that so it would seem yeah. isn't that what that I'm not per, reading that wrong right? one per space like you said uh, earlier yeah two years after the effective date um the similar uh, requirements would be on residential buildings so other residential buildings so if you have an apartment building it sounds like you would have to if you're building one or if you remodel and think about that. It's like you have flooding in one of your apartments mm-hmm. in the building, so you need a zoning permit to re- redo that apartment. Okay, but you have a hundred <laughs> apartments. All one hundred apartment parking spaces would all have to be retrofitted with a charging station, so that you may remodel that one apartment. You, you. I think you would see people go. Gee, you know what? We're just going to leave this empty. That doesn't sound like a pain at all, does it? <laughs> no. As we were going to break, I told you we were going to talk about uh, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm receiving blowback from critics after she testified before the Senate in support of a plan to fully establish an all 
electric vehicle fleet in the U.S. military by 2030. What's the magic number of 2030? It seems like everybody that wants electric vehicles... It's round. <laughs> it's a, we're going to do it by 2030. Think about that. Nobody, All electric... Yeah, n- nobody ever sets a goal for something to be done by 2029. <laughs> All electric military by the 2030s. Granholm, a Michigan Democratic governor, former governor, responded to questions from Senator Joni Ernst of uh, Iowa claiming that she really does think she can get there. This was a, a story that uh, appeared, and uh, we're going to hear some of the audio from that interview here. Biden's energy secretary doubling down on efforts to electrify the entire military fleet of vehicles by 2030 so we can kill people while keeping the climate safe. <laughs> yep, the battlefield of the future will have EV tanks. I just hope there's a place to plug them in. Do you support the military adopting that EV fleet by 2030? I do, and I think we can get there as well. And I do think that reducing our reliance on the volatility of globally traded fossil fuels, where we know that global events such as the war in Ukraine can jack up prices for people back home, it it, uh, does not contribute to energy security. So, Joey, this is an amazing, an amazing thing. I, unless batteries become a lot more efficient than what they are i just don't see how the military can plug in a tank in the middle of a battlefield or if they run out of electricity and if it takes a car on a supercharger 30 to 30 minutes to an hour to charge what what is it going to take for a tank or some of the big uh humvee vehicles or other vehicles to charge and what do you do if you run out of electricity all good questions by the way i mean as of right now if you run out of gas and diesel, which is which is a problem. I mean, you've you've seen it in in movies. You know, sure. Patton. Uh, he had a battle going on, and all the tanks ran out of a vehicle, and they had hand to hand combat. But with with tanks and other vehicles, if you run out of gas, you just come up with a pump and you you fill that up, and it takes a matter of minutes, and you can do it. Do you change out a battery, a 1,000-pound battery? Do you bring out a charging station and say, hey, don't shoot? Time out, everybody. <laughs> Our tank is out of electric juice, so don't fire. Give us time to charge it, and then we can we can start the battle again. No, we said time out. Yeah, no fair. Time. Remember when you were kids and you played Army? It's like, hey, time out. I got a splinter. Damn. Time out. War isn't like that, right? No, it, it's not. Uh, someone may give you a time out, but they're not going to acknowledge one that you call. <laughs> Once again, this is seven years from now. Seven years, 2030. Steve in Boise, you're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Well, I think what they're doing is bringing on the apocalypse because those electric cars with all the fires are going to start when the batteries explode. Is going to just send mayhem across the country. Oh, you optimist. You know when, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, when politicians start dictating policy that the market should dictate, uh, it, it, it's a sad day for the, uh, for freedom. And that's what's happened. You know, there's blowback, and the, the pushback's going to come, and it's going to be horrific because people are going to be angry. They're going to be mad because, I mean, to put zoning in your houses that says you have to have an electric vehicle, 
they they're they're putting the cart in front of the horse. Now now wait, and, and Steve, you don't have to have an electric vehicle. You only have to have an electric vehicle charger. So if you're a house who has no need for an electric vehicle, you have gas-powered vehicles, and as far as you know, you're never going to buy an electric vehicle, you still have to have a charger that sits there and does nothing. And you know what? And they complain about the high cost of housing. Well, when government starts dictating things, they're the ones that are putting the the high price of everything. They're never going to lower the cost of a house. And yet they talk about affordable housing because they want to sound sympathetic to the people that they're screwing, basically. And, you know, we need to start electing people that have common sense. And Jennifer Granholm, I hate to tell you, but there is no, this global warming hoax has been perpetrated so long. And that's why they have to get their, uh, their way in before a certain time, because People are going to start seeing the fallacy of their thinking. It just takes a while for people to wake up sometimes. And sometimes if it takes a while, it might be too late. Well, and, and you know, we can always go back because electricity is not something that's generated anywhere except by man. Uh, you get static electricity and lightning. Neither one of them are useful to man, but they're both naturally occurring. But... Fossil fuels is the only way that you're going to get energy production. What I mean, about, what about hydrogen? What about hydrogen? Well, that's a good question. But look at all the – we've been pushing this and pushing it and pushing it. Uh, I don't know about hydrogen. You know, there's well, and I don't either. I'm just – that I don't you understand. Have, yeah, you have a lot of people that bring up hydrogen power. It would be way better than electric power. Yeah. But you don't see the government forcing people to, you know – uh, yeah, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the the big scare is that fossil fuels are killing the planet. Well, what if fossil fuels is nothing more than recycling the waste products of the earth? And and isn't that one of the things that the environmentalists talk about is sustainability and recycling things? Well, burning fossil fuels is recycling the waste products of, of the past. But they're not really fossils. They're, the waste products are regenerated yeah. every every year because things keep dying. That's Thank, the cycle of life. Thank you for the call, Steve. Appreciate the thoughts. Thanks, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Like I said, I have no problem whatsoever with electric vehicles. If you like your electric vehicle, go buy it. Mm-hmm. It's just strange to me that if this is so good, why don't people want it? If this works so well and saves you so much money and is so great for the environment, why don't people want it? When when I talk to people who have hybrids, they tell me how wonderful it is because the gas mileage is so great, you know, uh, because the car runs yeah. sometimes on gas and sometimes on electricity. And when it's running on gas, it's recharging the electricity and so forth. Uh, so, But they always tell me how great that is. And then uh, I talk to people who have electric cars and they tell me, I like a lot of things about this. <laughs> but, but but they never they never ever say oh my god it's the best, best thing, thing ever it's, yeah that's, that's incredible james and garden city writes uh re charging stations it's my understanding that tesla will provide a charging station at their expense if you offer the location on your property is that true i haven't heard that that tesla is giving something a charging station free can they afford that i don't know 
I, I'm curious. I don't know if that's true or not. Number two, what is the definition of a charging station? My brother-in-law plugs his Tesla into a 220-volt dryer jack in the laundry room. Those are not expensive or hard to put into a garage. In that, well, they, ca- in that they, case. They are if you don't have the jack and electricity already run there. If, if it's not expensive and uh, easy to install, it's probably not going to be allowed. <laughs> and number three says uh, electric cars are only awesome if there are charging places. There we totally go. true. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. If you're on the line, uh, Rob, uh, Argid? Is that the name? Um, if that's your name, hang on right where you're at. Paul, uh, we'll get to your phone calls coming up. We do have a couple lines open if you want to get through right now, 208-336-3700. Don't forget, you've still got about 20 minutes to get uh, your Dirks Bentley concert tickets. All you have to do is text us, I want Dirks Bentley tickets, and we'll choose one at random to get those tickets for the concert coming up in August. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 922-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Talking of electric vehicles uh, this morning, an electric vehicle military. I love the thought. Hey, yeah, we can keep the climate clean while while we're killing people. I I would ask the military what they think of it. Yeah, might be a good idea before you put that in practice. Mike writes in, uh, what did we do when the steam engines ran out of coal? The market is in it for the dollars. Elon Musk didn't buy Tesla to save the planet. He did it to make money. He saw a product that people with deep pockets would buy. That's why people were shelling out. $100,000 plus years before they even started manufacturing the vehicles. Let the market take care of things and the rich get richer. And those of us who can't afford it will be wishing the government would fix it. Mm, I agree with some of that on that. Mm -hmm. It's like, let the market take care uh, of the things and rich get richer. Mm -hmm. Mm, I don't necessarily believe that. I don't think you need to, to force the market. I don't think you need to force people to buy electric vehicles when they don't want them. That's Elon Musk getting richer, right? I imagine so, yeah. And anybody else who makes electric vehicles. Why do you think so many car companies are switching and buying electric vehicles? Or not buying, uh, uh, producing electric vehicles? Uh, Money? They see the writing on the wall that the government is going to start forcing people to buy these vehicles. And if you don't start building them now, you're going to be behind the eight ball while everybody else is making money. Hmm. That's my opinion. Of course, says electricity was cheaper near the Columbia in Washington, just like potatoes are cheaper here than in midtown Manhattan. We're in uh, the desert. How is hydroelectricity supposed to be cheap here? I don't know what the solution is, but it's not the uh, current you're wrong attitude we have right now. There has to be a way we can solve these issues without throwing feeble old men under the bus. Electricity from hydroelectric, I know we like to say that it's not cheap. And granted, it's been going up. I mean, we're going to see an increase this month. Your bill is going to go up almost 20% if you have electricity this month. However, nationwide, when you compare, because we we have hydroelectric dams who furnish a l- most of the electricity for the state of Idaho, and even though I, I when I get my bill, I go, well, this isn't cheap. 
Rico. Uh, I, I did one more statement on that. The hydroelectric power here in Idaho is some of the cheapest power in the nation. So even though it was cheaper where he lived near yeah. in, in Washington, hydroelectric power here in yet. Idaho is not bad compared to the entire rest of the nation that gets it from coal power, uh, nuclear power, um, Hydroelectric power here is still fairly cheap compared to the other 50 states. Rico says Idaho power is a tiered rate system. The more you use, the higher kilowatt charge. They justify this to conserve power. I have an all-electric home and get gouged in the winter. Imagine the cost if this goes through. Maybe we need to be like California. You saw their new law. We talked about this a few weeks ago, right? You remember this? California wants a new law. Um, where you're going to be charged not for the amount of electricity you use, mm-hmm. but for how much money you make. Exactly. So <laughs> why why would you conserve if you're not being charged for the amount of electricity? Oh, whew, I can use as much as I want because I only make $60,000 a year. I'm going to get charged the lease, and it's a flat fee. That's what California is doing. Yeah. That's not a good idea, which really sounds weird because California likes to say that they like to conserve energy. Well, we're just going to let you use as much as you want, unless, of course, you're rich, and then you're going to pay for everybody else's use of electricity. 208-336-3700. We will send you thank you notes. (laughs) Uh, Don't get crazy. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll uh, take a break, get to more of your phone calls and emails coming up. If you want to get in, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Nine thirty-three, two hundred eight, three three six, thirty-seven hundred pounds, six seventy on your Verizon Wireless. Quick reset here. Dow is up three hundred and fifty-three points. Uh, opened up basically flat, but uh, over the last hour, uh, up a whole bunch. Standard & Poor is up. NASDAQ is up. Uh, things looking green across the board as of uh, this morning. Also, one more reminder, you've got about six or seven more minutes if you want uh, tickets to Dirks Bentley in August for the Idaho Center Outdoor Amphitheater. All you have to do is text us at 208-336-3700. Say, I want Dirks Bentley concert tickets. That's it. Nothing else. We're going to pick a winner at random coming up here shortly to get those free tickets. It's the phrase that pays. Mm -hmm. One thing, I wanted to play this for you. I wanted to get to this. I want to make sure and get to this today. It's some audio of a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. They uh, met this week to discuss reauthorization of Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act which authorizes the government to conduct surveillance on non-Americans. Reports have come out that the FBI has admitted to using Section 702 to target American citizens unlawfully. Those unauthorized surveillance queries became a subject of a heated back and forth yesterday between FBI Deputy Director Paul Abate and Senator Josh Hawley, who has accused the FBI of having repeatedly abused its authority. Take a listen. To try and intimidate people because of their speech, your institution is the one that treated parents as domestic terrorists because of their speech. Your institution is the one that, according to the court, the FISA court, ran 278,000 unwarranted, probably illegal queries on Americans, right? That was your institution, correct? Correct. 
There, the, with respect to the compliance incidents, yes, some of the other things you cited, we can take them one by one. They are not compliance. You, you would characterize the unlawful querying 278,000 times of American citizens as compliance issues? We've said before, I've said that the totally unacceptable. Who's been uh, fired for it? Individuals involved uh, are handled through the disciplinary process. Who's been fired for it? We have, there, in, the, in the case of the uh, unintentional instance where something similar happened, we have fired people in the past. Wait, I, I'm sorry, what, what, what does that word salad mean? The unintentional instance where some, what, what does that mean? Who's been fired for the 278,000 times that you improperly or illegally queried the database for American citizens? When we Anybody? When we find intentional incidents. Were you saying that the 278,000 queries were unintentional? I believe that's correct. Wow, 278,000 times American citizens' information was queried by your agency unintentionally? That's your testimony? I would want to go back and check that, Senator. Uh, well, that's yes, what you just told me. My understanding is that the vast majority of Well, wait, the, that's different. You just said it was. You just said it was unintentional. Now it's the vast majority. Which is it? Do you know? I would want to go back and check it. So you don't my know. My understanding is that likely all are were unintentional likely in, all so first nature. it was all of them then it was vast majority now it's likely all. so you don't know is the answer to the question i don't know the answer as we sit here today but i will Could find have started out with that probably who was fired for the lies to the fisa court for the carter page warrant who, who who was fired for that anybody has anybody been held accountable for your institution deliberately lying to a FISA court to get a wiretap on an ongoing presidential campaign? There is an ongoing disciplinary process with respect to individuals involved in that. Here's the deal. You're back in front of us asking for the reauthorization of extraordinary authorities. Multiple courts have uncovered extraordinary abuses perpetrated by your agency. You are at the same time concealing information about serious allegations made against the President of the United States, even as your institution also targets his chief political opponent in an unprecedented way. Why would we ever give you the blank check that you want to continue surveilling American citizens in an improper manner? Why would... <laughs> we accidentally broke the law 278,000 times. Unintentionally. It wasn't intentional. Hmm. <laughs> I know if a U.S. citizen unintentionally breaks the law 278,000 times, there's no way we're getting off if we end up going to court or being charged with that, right? How can you even do that? That's no idea. That's almost like uh, 10 times as many days as you're alive. How scary is that to think about, though? Especially because we don't know who the 278,000 U.S. citizens who were illegally spied on, who they are. I mean, it doesn't make a difference probably to you ones, and I, unless you and I are one of the people that got spied on. It's probably the ones that look shifty. <laughs> and and I, I guess I don't understand the, the claim of it's unintentional. What do you mean it's unintentional? How do you spy on somebody and it not be on purpose? You know what I mean? Maybe he means I'm the boss and it was unintentionally done while I was the boss. <laughs> it, it's just, man, the FBI has not had a good year.
No word yet on whether Section 702 will be reauthorized, but uh, I think it might be an uphill climb when the uh, Senate and the House end up voting on that. I think it'd be funny if uh, you know the, the guy's getting pestered by uh, Josh Hawley, and all of a sudden he were to say something like, "Well, that's pretty big talk for a guy that spends all his time," and then you know, fill in the blank, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Lisa writes in, Mike, I love and listen to you most days, but one way you'll get me to tune out is by saying, maybe we should be like California. Just stop. You did say that out, Lisa, out loud. Yeah, yeah. Lisa, I, I was being sarcastic ah. when I said, you know, if, with the high electric prices, if you don't make a lot of money in California, you can use as much electricity as you want, and you're going to pay a f- like, like flat I always, fee. Like I always say, you can't see sarcasm on a transcript. <laughs> Maybe you should do like a hashtag sarcasm, yeah. like I do on Twitter. Uh, Jeff from Napa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Thanks for being patient. Hi, this is Jeff. A couple of things. First off, um, I wanted to tell you about um, all these upgrades that they want to do, putting uh, charging stations everywhere. The part that they're not telling you, and and I used to work for uh, an electric utility, is that you need to upgrade all the infrastructure with each one of these um, charging stations because they have such a high-duty cycle when they run, they'll burn up the existing transformers. And that goes also for solar because solar backfeeds into the transformers and they need to upgrade those, too. So that's something nobody ever tells you. Second uh, part of this is there's a nationwide, in fact, it's probably a worldwide transformer shortage at this time because of supply chain issues. Um, so transformers are kind of like hen teeth right now. They're having lots of trouble getting them. So how they're going to accomplish all this stuff just seems, it seems like the cart is way, way ahead of the horse. And I, I know I used to have to do when, when people would put um, charging stations in or big solar arrays in their in their neighborhoods, we'd have to go out and replace the transformers and all the wiring. Interesting. It's something that does, doesn't get talked about because like but, well, the duty cycle when these things run it, is a hundred percent. It probably you know, like these it probably doesn't get talked about much because un, unlike you, most people have no idea about it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's true. Um, and the other part I was thinking was, might be interesting is tow truck drivers could add uh, emergency charging stations to their repertoire of things to help out on the highway. You know, build a little, build a, a truck with a generator and several different charging styles on it with cords, and be like another part of their service yeah. with AAA or something. Charge somebody just you enough know? to get home. But I, uh, yeah, charge somebody and just enough money to make sure that they charge <laughs> next time before they go somewhere. Absolutely. So. Thank yeah, you. Anyways, Thank you for the call. For the uh, by the way, uh, another reason why they might not be telling you about all these additional charges is because uh, it's free. What's free? When they when they do that infrastructure upgrade, when they have to do oh, that, no, the not, government's just going to give free. that to us. Yeah, right. <laughs> it gets, we charge for Hashtag that. Sarcasm. Uh, Hashtag sarcasm. Hashtag yeah, sarcasm, yes. I was say, you have to say yeah, that. Another, another quick story. <laughs> the, reason I, the other reason I know this, because... I changed a transformer, not the same one, but at the same house two times back when Teslas uh, were first coming out because these guys tried to fast charge two of them on a hot summer day so they could go um, from their friend's house back to San Jose. They blew the transformer up two times in one day just because it was so hot it just blew the lid right off of it. Put a bigger one up the second time, it still happened. So it's a real thing. 
Thank you for the call, Jeff, and thoughts. Appreciate it. I was going to say, what's your? I was going to ask him what's your favorite Transformer, but I didn't want him to say Optimus Prime. <laughs> Isn't that everybody? No, Bumblebee is probably a good one too. Yeah, uh, James uh, writes in: There are many code things that jurisdictions require upgrading when remodels are proposed. ADA upgrades, fire safety, egress, sidewalks, etc. Yeah, I get that. Those are all things you use. Why would you require somebody upgrading a bathroom to add a charging station? When you don't have an electric vehicle, why would you, or, or according to the law and the way I read it, you'd be required for a charging station for every parking spot that you, you have. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you're going to use. So why are you mandating that you must have it even though you don't use an electric vehicle and you don't have any plans to ever use an electric vehicle? That's, that's the question is it, that I start to ask. Is it just because it's fun to agitate people? Maybe. And once again, hashtag sarcasm. Yeah. Maybe it's, I mean, Illinois, especially in the Chicago area, where the legislature meets, fairly blue area, they think everything is going to be, you know, basically free. Hashtag sarcasm. <laughs> in case you missed that. We'll take a break. I was, Two waiting. Old- <laughs> I was waiting for that exact thing. Hashtag sarcasm. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, final 30 seconds. If you want uh, the tickets to Dirks Bentley, uh, text us, I want Dirks Bentley concert tickets. 208-336-3700. Um, the person who wrote in and said, I want Luke Combs concert tickets, um, Luke has already been here, so you might want to re-text us if you want the Dirks Bentley concert tickets. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, if you texted us this morning to try and win uh, Dirks Bentley concert tickets, check your text messages. I just responded to... uh, who it is, uh, the winner. I just need uh, name, address, phone, and all that stuff. Text me back, and then I can announce the winner. We've got lots more tickets to give away. By the way, don't forget, coming up tomorrow morning, uh, another hometown breakfast. We're going to be at Pork Belly, where we're going to have a Jackson Country Stomp blowout of tickets coming up tomorrow morning. Uh, back to the phones uh, we go. Uh, ass from Nampa. Is, is that your real name? It is now. That's okay. my preferred, preferred uh, pronoun. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Um, um, I, I, I wanted to comment. Oh, go ahead. Good, no, I was, I was just going to say good morning to you. Good morning. I wanted to comment on a few people talking about the electrical grid and that kind of stuff going on in market forces, and they, it, it's, they're dancing around the real problem. And that is, and to give a good example, is Idaho potato. It costs exactly the same amount of money to ship a, a perfect, juicy, big, huge, potato to manhattan as it does a rotten one but you're going to sell more when they get to manhattan if you have big huge nice idaho potatoes mm-hmm. the rest of idaho gets what doesn't get shipped out and we might, might, might want to complain that we're getting gouged or we're getting cheated or we get but it's market forces you're going to yeah. buy the idaho potato that's always and been- manhattan is that's always been the case. People act like, I'm going to go to Idaho. That's where the best potatoes are. Yes, but we ship them everywhere <laughs> yes. else. And the yep. same same happens in California. Oranges, Florida oranges, they ship all the best, biggest ones to other states. So if you want the best, you got to go someplace else. And and power is exactly the same thing. If, you, if we're producing cheap power, 
we sell that off the grid to like Nevada and California because they're going to pay a higher price for that same power that um, that we here in Idaho uh, will not be able to, I guess, benefit from. There's a limited supply. Right. And the other thing that somebody said that, well, what are you going to do when you run out of gasoline? They, he used, I don't know what he was trying to prove, but he said he used, what, what did this steam engine do when it ran out of coal? The steam engine never did run out of coal. No, it had. There's plenty of coal still yeah. today, and what they did was they, uh, you know, advanced technology out of out of coal. Our general, I mean, our uh, trains that run everywhere are still diesel driven. They have a uh, electric motor, uh, an alternator that produces electricity that runs an electric motor that drives the wheel. So there's three things involved there. But it's still diesel driven. No matter where you go, what you do, you're not going to get away from fossil fuels. I'm glad that one guy said that uh, we're, we're just recycling the waste of the earth. That's exactly right. Yeah. And whenever people can get get common sense like that taught in school, and this is all done on purpose. We're supposed to be stupid. We're not supposed to know where we're babies come from we're not well, supposed to know I mean, this stuff everything we use on earth came from earth yeah uh, and exactly right i mean you know even 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 chemicals that you put together are just made of other elements that are on the earth but some Correct. but some stuff isn't good for right. you now a perfect example too just to even more look at your point of it you know saying people aren't smart enough to figure some of these things out um, because the idiots who say, hey, if we uh, can start getting rid of gasoline, we won't have fossil fuels to worry about anymore. Well, it's like, okay, you do realize that when you have a Tesla, it has an electric battery, but almost everything else on that car is made from fossil fuels. <laughs> the tires, the plastic, the window, everything is made from fossil fuels. So you're not doing away with fossil fuels. Also, a sub-footnote to that is uh, it used fossil fuels to create it, but it used more fossil fuels to create it than it will save in the lifetime of its existence on the road. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And right, uh, just one more later, one bye. more point about your, your steam engine thing, by the way. Yes. when yeah. If you go back and look at history, um, when the, you know, they stopped using steam engines yeah. and was replaced by diesel engines, do you remember what the government didn't do? They didn't force you to start using diesel engines. They didn't. They didn't have to fine you if you were still burning a steam engine to get people to do it. It was because it was more efficient and better and cheaper and worked better. So they started using the marketplace. Set the market, which is what electric vehicles should do. Thanks for the call. Ask from Nampa. Appreciate it. You bet. <laughs> oh, good grief! <clears throat> I knew there were a few in Nampa. <laughs> Shut up, because I know what you meant by that. Okay. You still have to work with me one more day before I, our, I, I our weekend. You realize that. Yeah. You you just know but that we'll I'm going to be, be in a good mood yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, because you'll be eating bacon and stuff. So <laughs> then, no problem. Um, so I got a response back from the person that I congratulated for winning the Dirks Bentley, and their response back was, no way. Yes, way. I need your name and all that so I can announce it, uh, and we can uh, get get you your ticket. So, yes, way. You have won tomorrow. Concert ticket blowout. We got Jackson's Country Stomp tickets. We're going to be blowing out all morning long. Once again, we're going to be at Pork Belly in 
Cuna debuting a brand new biscuit and gravy soup. I can't wait to try this out. New menu. It's the hometown breakfast finale for springtime. Brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. We'll see you there.